Counter Attack Podcast with myself, Daps. Guys, keep liking, subscribing, sharing, all of that good stuff. Um, I didn't record last week um, because I was away. I know a, lo- a load of people hit me up saying I didn't record because I'm running from Arsenal losing against City. And um, no, no, that, that weren't the reason at all. I was literally just away in New York having a great time. So, yeah. So you lot that got at me saying I was hiding, never. We record regardless. And, um, but yeah, we're going to get into it. So I'm recording this on, I don't even know what day it is today anymore. Tuesday night? Tuesday today? Yeah, Tuesday today. And um, just seen Liverpool, man. Do you know what? Before I get into that, guys, please engage and comment on, on, on the video. Even if it's a comment to tell me how rubbish I look, engage or on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Just let's let's get the engagement going on. Those of you who comment all the time, big you up every time. Um, I'm I'm in the comments as well. So just let me know what you think about the video and um, we're going to go. But yeah, man, Liverpool. Listen, what I've just witnessed, what I've just witnessed from, from Liverpool is I think it just, kind of puts not the cherry on top in regards to everything that they've been dealing with but I think for a load of people yes Liverpool have been struggling in the league but for a load of people it's like when it really matters couple players back big game you know they'll 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 show the real Liverpool they'll show that the Liverpool that we've come to you know be accustomed to over the last couple seasons and whatnot and even if they lost, it wouldn't. It wasn't going to be like a massive loss that we witnessed today. So what we've seen, I think, it just really goes to show where Liverpool are, are at. And I don't even know where to start with this one, to be totally honest, because even when they were two 0 up, obviously they lost five two for those who didn't watch it. But even when they were five, when they were two 0 up, what's different with this Liverpool team is that. Over the course of the season, we've seen that there's always a way back. This team is a team that will give you chances. And before, Liverpool never used to do that. And, you know, you you know that once they're ahead, it's just going to be relentless. And the pressure from the front is still going to be there. They're just going to keep attacking, keep putting goals away, but they're not going to give you a sniff. Whereas little things were happening, you know. So even, so let's go through, let's go through the goals quickly. Nunez go a quick counter attack that I didn't really see coming, but Liverpool did start start the game well. To be fair, the second goal, Courtois having an, a mare, <coughs> Courtois having a mare, and Salah just taking advantage of it. But outside of that, Madrid were in the game. Madrid were controlling possession, like, and they remained calm. And you know, out of nowhere, Vinicius's first goal. Stupid, stupid. I don't think people recognize or realize how how hard that finish was, and and once he got in that position, it just goes to show how confident he is and the quality that he's got to just wrap that, just wrap it round. Um, Allison, proper finish. Obviously, the second goal, the second goal was a mistake, but we, you know, it's pretty straightforward. But from there, I think the one thing I noticed. And I think I heard someone 
I don't know if someone said it in, in commentary or anything, but the one thing I noticed was when the goal went in, even the first goal, Anfield kind of just went, the energy just got sapped out of the crowd. And, and I'm not used to hearing that at Anfield. At Anfield, you know that even if they go down, the crowd are just going to go keep going, keep going, keep going. And, and especially after the second goal, it was literally just dead. As if there's an air of, we're going to lose this game. There's an air of, you know, we come to support, but we've been seeing this all season and we know where this is going to go. And and you, you had that feeling. And coming in that second half, just the way that Madrid came out, you could see that before they kicked off, they were calm. And I don't know how they do it. I don't know how Madrid keep doing this. They always look like they're out of a game and then out of nowhere, they just, they just turn the game on its head. We saw it last season, all season long when they were in the Champions League. They, they'll be down and out in, in games and losing and whatnot and they just managed to just stay in the game and turn it around. And I don't know, I can't lie to you, even at 2-0 down, I didn't expect it to be how it ended up being, you know. Um, yeah, you know, Vinicius was giving their defenders a ton of time. Gomez had a bad day, but I feel sorry for Gomez because I feel like he's not getting the help that he needs or he wasn't getting the help that he needed in regards to his his backup partner. And, and I'm going to talk about Van Dyke in a bit. In fact, no, I'm going to talk about Van Dyke now. I'm a massive fan of Van Dyke. Anyone knows, anyone that's been listening to this podcast knows that Van Dyke for me is one of the best defenders of you know the last five ten years like he's one of the best and I'm, I'm trying to put this in a way you know let me let me just be real van dyke as a player anyone knows i like him but i think real questions have to be asked of him now not in regards to is he still good because i genuinely believe that he's still good and he's still got what he takes and i'm not even gonna even jump on the bandwagon and say he's finished because he's far from finished. But I think you definitely need to ask questions. And and I'm just, I think Van Dyke is just, he plays within himself now. I can't explain it. Before, he used to, he used to stroll through games with quality and, you know, that old, like, real kind of swagger where he doesn't really need to come out of second gear. Whereas now, when he does need to come out of second gear, he doesn't. He, he he plays within himself. And I think it's, for me personally anyway, I don't know anything. I, I think that injury that he had, the one he got against Everton, ever since he's come back, he's been playing that way, where he plays within himself. And he plays as if he doesn't want to get hurt. He doesn't want to over overdo it. And it's getting to the point now where it's putting other you know, teammates like today, Gomez, I think I think Gomez needed his help a bit more today. I think when you're going through times like Liverpool are going through today, you need your, your I mean, like Liverpool are going through now, you need your characters like Van Dyke to come and step up. But he himself is struggling. And and I don't know how they fix it. I don't know if it's just a, a timing thing and, you know, eventually it's going to come back around. But you, you definitely need to ask questions in regards to Van Dyke right now and his form and what we're seeing from him. We're not seeing the best version of Van Dyke. We haven't seen it for a while. Again, 
I'm not going to come out and say that he's finished because he's absolutely not finished. He's still one of the best defenders in the league. Still top three for me. And, you know, all these people saying he's finished, he needs to, I saw someone saying he needs to go to the MLS. He doesn't need to go to the MLS. He definitely needs to sort out what we're seeing from him. But for me, I just feel like he's playing within himself. But yeah, with that being said, Gomez, you know, had had a bad day, especially of that second half which culminated in him actually having to get subbed off. And listen, Liverpool need to fix up, man. And, you know, this season is obviously done for them. I don't see them coming back in, in that second leg. Season's obviously done, but I genuinely do believe that next season they come back strong if they make the necessary signings. If Liverpool can go and make signings in that midfield, because today they're bringing on Milner, they're bringing on, you know, Harvey Elliott, who's young and has got real quality, but they're bringing him on. They're bringing on, I mean, they're starting with Bagchetic, who I like, but today he got taught He got taught a lesson in regards to what it is to play with the big boys. And and I've, I felt for him because he started well and he's been playing well whilst he's been picked. And and I've been saying that, I've, I've been really impressed with him. Is it Bag Bagchetic? I don't know how to pronounce it. I've been saying that I'm re I've been really impressed with him and Today, he got taught a lesson against Real Madrid. And it's not his fault. He's young and he will learn and he'll become a better player for it. But I think he's he probably went home after the game thinking, that's the level. That's the level. And, um, you know, but that's, that's, that's not saying anything in regards to his quality because I like what I've been seeing from him. And, you know, for him to be playing as he's playing now, in regards, in regards to starting matches and being given that much, you know, trust and starting ahead of certain other confirmed um, Premier League starters says a lot about his quality. But you're in there against man like Modric. Luka Modric is he's unreal. At 37 years old, when I saw him at the World Cup, I was thinking, do you know what? He's not really going to be playing much longer. Um, you know, bit part player. And Madrid used him sparingly. And to be honest, I didn't expect to see him from the start today. But I don't know. He just gets better and better. And that that moment where he burst away from Bagchetic and put in Vinicius, it just topped what was a really good performance. That they couldn't get near him in that midfield. And he's still up and down, up and down. And he is what you call a world-class footballer. And I'm not even going to jump into this world-class debate and all of that because that world-class level is a different level. And players like Modric are, are in there. And, you know, we need to be careful when we put other people in there because today they could not, at 37 years old, to, to, to be playing in Champions League game and the opposition can't get near you. It just speaks volumes to your quality. And he very rarely puts a pass wrong. You know, he gets stuck in. He's got the quality needed to to attack and contribute in both in both phases, whether that be the defensive phases or attacking the phase. Listen, Modric is he's different. He's different. Benzema sat down three people. Different. When you get to these levels, it's just a different level. Do you get what I'm saying? It's it's it, you need different levels of quality and Madrid haven't been playing their greatest in the league. But when it matters in the Champions League, like the biggest club competition, you know, know-how just, just prevails. And Madrid just have that. 
So Liverpool are going to struggle in that second leg. I don't see it being, I don't see no magical comeback happening. Um, they might win the game, but I don't see no magical comeback where they progress through. And if I'm wrong, if I'm here this time in a couple of weeks and I'm saying, oh my gosh, Liverpool went through, what a game, then I'll hold up my hands. But nah, it's, I, I, I can't see it happening. Also, I put out a clip the other day saying that um, I'm surprised Klopp ain't getting more more stick. And that wasn't me saying Klopp should go because I even said he shouldn't go, if you don't remember. Um, I was just saying that the media take it easy on him. That's literally it. They take it easy on him. But he doesn't need to go. Even after today's result, he doesn't need to go. I think next season they will build. And it, you know, it all depends on what they're giving him. But it will be the worst decision ever to let Klopp go. I don't even think it should be entertained. The thought of him going should be entertained because they're just going through their, their, their moment and every club has gone through it over the last couple of seasons and this is Liverpool's go. I don't think it's going back to the times where, you know, early 2000s and 90s where Liverpool weren't challenging for the league anymore. I don't think we're going to go back to them to them days as yet because they've got top manager and they've got top players. So, yeah, Madrid... Taught them a lesson. Modric, different. Benzema, different. Vinicius, different. And um, fair play. Fair play to Madrid. Through to the next round. Right, what else we got here? Mm. Oh, no, I forgot to mention Camavinga. Camavinga did so well today. Like He started a bit sloppily, slipping around and giving away a few passes in the beginning. But that position that he played... For someone at that for, for someone at that age in a game of that magnitude to just control control things in that midfield as he did, well done to you, man. Well done, Kamavinga. What a player he's gonna be, man. And and people were, were talking mad about him earlier in the season when um when Ancelotti was was keeping him out of the team when he subbed him off, like they were talking crazy about Camavinga, but the quality that guy's got is 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 stupid and ridiculous. So, you know, fair play to him, man. Just had to big him up quick. Right. Make sure you like, subscribe, all of that, guys, remember? Premier League, right. So, over the weekend, Arsenal, Arsenal played against um, Aston Villa. And obviously, I'm sure you guys have seen all the breakdowns and all the reactions and stuff like that. But I just wanna I just wanna say that in regards to Arsenal and, and the league, that win over Aston Villa was massive. And I just think that it just goes to show, even with Man City drawing, that people just need to relax with the, the, the title talk because we're so used to one team running away with it over the last couple of years, whether that be City, whether that be Liverpool. Whereas we've really got a title race. We've really got um a competitive title race now which is what it used to be so you know all of this after you drop points against one team and win the next week that people are just flip flapping but we just need to relax man because it's gonna I genuinely believe it's gonna go down to the wire I genuinely believe that you know I don't think City are gonna run away with it I don't think Arsenal are gonna run away with it I think Man City are in in a title race because it's just what five points right now between them and, and, and top so all of this title talk, we just need to just to just take it easy and 
And what I will say about Arsenal and that game is that if ever my point about Enketia was was proven, it's in the last couple of games. Because Enketia has done really, really well. And I'm not even getting onto him. I'm not even getting onto Enketia at all. But when I said when I said to people that there's certain things that Enketia just cannot do right now in regards to what Jesus brings, people were getting onto me saying I'm getting onto Enketia. And I wasn't. I wasn't. But Gabriel, Gabriel Jesus's ability to make something out of nothing against a low block, to occupy two defenders at one time and, and bring other people into the game. He, his all-round game is just better than Nketiah's. And it's okay. It's okay to say that without getting on to Nketiah because Nketiah has done really, really well. I'm not even getting on to him at all, but I think we've really missed Gabriel Jesus. We've really missed that other dynamic and where Nketiah will probably over the course of the season maybe get you more goals. Probably, I'd, you know, that's debatable, whatever. The qualities that Jesus has is needed. And I think when Jesus is in the team, we also see the best version of Martinelli because since he's been out of the team, he's just dropped off. And, and you know, he started the season so well, but we've been seeing since he's, since he's come back from the, um, since he's come back from the World Cup, he's not really been at it. And hopefully his goal Hopefully his goal would kind of like reignite something and and get him back to playing how how he needs to play. But Jesus needs needs to come back into this team. And I'm not saying that to disrespect Enketia. I'm just saying that because the overall level of the team improves when Jesus is there. And and yeah, that's that's just what I'm saying. So it wasn't me getting onto Enketia at all. It was just me saying that Jesus is an overall better player and brings brings more to the team in regards to playing against low blocks and needing to occupy defenders and, and just raising the overall levels. That's that's all I was saying and it's been it's evident. So big up Enketia, big up Gabriel Jesus. That's what it should be. That's how it should be in a team, you know, when you've got numerous players in one position. Like it should be different players bringing different qualities and, you know, because that's how you're going to win leagues and stuff like that. So, yeah, big him up. Um, also, Jorginho... Listen, I'm going. I'm going to have to talk about Jorginho because I'm going to have to talk about. Sorry, just checking the timings. I'm going to have to talk about Jorginho because the slander that Jorginho got when we when we brought him in from from our own fan base was ridiculous, and the two games he started. So against Man City, played well, played really well. Obviously, the mistakes let us down and whatnot. And against Aston Villa on the weekend, did really, really well. Again, like Bar, apart from Saka, Jorginho was the best player on the pitch. And I think it just goes to show that people just need to relax and just see how things pan out. Do you get what I'm saying? Because obviously, rightly so, people are supporting him now that he's doing well. But... We, we don't need to always just jump in and, and, oh, he's rubbish, rubbish, crap signing, crap signing, because we're all loving Jorginho now. Well, not we're, all, we're not all loving Jorginho, but until he does something crazy, just support the guy. And it just goes to show you, just, just relax and chill, man. Like, just let things play out sometimes. You know, we don't need to always just shoot down and because we didn't get this player or that player, so this player must be rubbish. Nah, nah. We need players like Jorginho in, in, in the team because... 
you know, they've got the experience. We could have gone and got a Castillo, but Castillo ain't playing how Jordino's playing against Aston Villa. I'm, I'm just saying that now. I'm, I'm just saying that now, man, very, very, very quickly. But, um, yeah, that's that. Man City, I do believe Man City are going to... Um, I do believe Man City are going to, you know, not... They're, they're going to drop points. This city that everyone's talking about, they're going to rack up points and they're going to run away with it. City have that performance that they, they like what they showed. Well, they should have won the game to be fair because they missed a lot of chances, but they've got that in them. We've seen it over the course of the season. So I don't think that City are just going to go and win, you know, 15 games on the trot. No, I think both teams, even Man United as well, would will, will drop points and you know, it's going to go right down to the wire, I truly believe. I think it's going to go down to the last five games of the season. And, you know, mid-March, I'll see I'll see how it's looking. No, by the end of March, I think we're going to have a truer picture of how things will look. Um, but, yeah, it's just going to go down to the wire for me. Uh, what else is there? Okay, cool. So, Interesting. Um, Chelsea. Right. Obviously, they lost now against Southampton. Managerless Southampton. And it's bad. It's bad. And then it's got me thinking, yeah. Graham Potter's style of play, yeah. Is this just it? Because, and I like Graham Potter, so I'm not even going to get onto him like that. But this is reminding me, and I might be wrong. But Graham Potter at Chelsea is reminding me of Graham Potter at um, Brighton. Remember when they just couldn't, they couldn't put the ball in the back of the net? Do you know what I mean? All this possession and he's got all the players, but just the way he gets his team, his teams playing, putting the ball in the back of the net is is a worry. And when you've got the players that he has at his disposal, just to not be even creating chances like you should be, it's a bit worrying. It's a bit worrying and. I know they've come out and they've backed Mourinho and everything, but, I mean, not backed, sorry, they've backed Potter. I think if he if he doesn't get a victory in these next two games, if they lose any of the next two games, I, I, I would say, I think he they might actually just get rid of him. I truly believe they might get rid of him. And there's been talks of Mourinho coming back, and I just wanted to just, I don't know how true they are or whatnot, but I honestly believe Mourinho will go back in an instant. He still lives right next to the ground. Um, he's he's a world class manager, and with the funds that Todd Bowley has and is ready to just splash, I think they would be a big problem. I think you get the best version of Mourinho at Chelsea. So if that was to happen, it, it would be it would be it would be interesting for him to go back a third time and you know see how it goes. So yeah, and it's interesting as well. I saw a reporter talking to Graham Potter asking Graham Potter about his demeanour and if he get, ever gets angry because, you know, it would be nice to see him just get angry and whatnot. And it's crazy that a calm manager is being, like Graham Potter is being, he's, he's, he's under more scrutiny because he's a calm manager. He's being questioned about being so calm and if he should just get angry. Where he's having to answer back and say, oh, I do get angry. It's, it's mad. But then in the same breath, those same reporters would say Arteta is doing too much and getting onto Arteta. So what is it that you want to see? How about you just leave managers to just be who they are? Graham Potter has never been a screamer and a shouter. 
Do you get what I'm saying? He's he's calm. He says he probably says what he needs to do in the change room and come out. They'll never say the same thing to Ancelotti. Ancelotti doesn't. Don Don Carlo does not move away from his vibe. That's the, that's it. No one questions him, but you want to question Potter. You want to question Arteta. So media just decide what you want to see and just keep it moving. How about that? So yeah, Manchester United. Let me let me quickly talk about them because if I'm not going to talk about them too, I'm going to talk about Rashford. Rashford right now is in the form of his life. I think they said he's he scored in fifteen in fifteen in the last seventeen games he scored in. Form of his life, and I'm with it. I'm with it. But can we please stop with the whole Rashford's the best in the world right now? No. How about you say he's the most informed player? Okay, Rashford's not the best in the world. Like, I'm not. I'm not having that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it's, and I'm not even hating because the form he's he's showing right now is crazy form. Scoring every game basically. He's he's doing his job and he's playing really really well. But all this talk about he's the best in the world. Let's just stop that, please, because there's a difference between. I'm I'm seeing Mbappe come on and. And change games in Champions League, even though they still lost. Like he's just Mbappe's still there, Osimhen is still there. Do you get what I'm saying? That like, I think we're just so quick to just be like, he's the best, he's the best, and he's not the best. I know it might just sound like I'm hating. If I'm hating, let me know that I'm hating. But I genuinely don't believe that I am. Marcus Rashford is not the best player in the world. You can tell, you can say he's he's the most informed, and and I'm good with that. And and I saw someone tweet about you know, give Rashford £350,000 a week because obviously his contract finishes um, next season, at the end of next season. So people are like, give him three hundred and fifty, And I'm like, why? Like, why is it when a player has... And I tweeted about half a season. But it's not even been half a season. Let's just say two months as it, as it is, you know. A player plays well for two months and all of a sudden they're you know, you want to give them £350,000 a week. It's mad. And I'm not saying, obviously, this is just what fans are saying. But Rashford shouldn't be getting, like, as Simon Jordan said, Marcus Rashford has stunk the place out for the last 18 months. And it's true. It's true. He's having a great two months before, um, he's had a great last two months. But let's just remember, do you know what I'm saying? At what point, I don't think this is it. I think that, we can look at the form. This is his best scoring years ever. Cool. I get that. But we also need to just understand that good form is real. If he carries on this form to the end of the season and then into the new season, like over a prolonged period of time, then we can start having conversations about, is this more than form? I'm not going to have the conversation about best in the world, no. But we can at least have conversations about form. But please, please, let's just relax. Let's just relax with this Marcus Rashford is the best in the world talk because he's not. He's not. He's in great form right now and I'm here for it. But he's not the best in the world because there's there's life outside of the Premier League and people need to remember that. Do you get what I'm saying? So that's that. Um, Weghorst. Okay, Weghorst, Weghorst. What I want to say about him yeah, is that there's been a lot of talk about him and you know, I've seen a lot of fans get, you know, annoyed. They're becoming more and more annoyed with him because he's not scoring. But I think we need to remember with with Vegas that 
Wake horse, wake horse, I don't know. I think what we need to remember with him is that he's a stopgap. He's a loan signing who's just there to do a job that Tane Hag want, need, needs and wants him to do. I think if he scores a couple goals, it would ease it would ease things. I know strikers are there to score goals, but I genuinely don't think like he's been brought in for goal for goal scoring purposes alone. I think what he does in regards to winning the ball back high and closing the opposition down and like the high overall pressure is what Ten Hag needs from him. And from when Rashford is scoring like he is scoring, he's having to play almost like a different role in the team. He's there for different reasons. I don't think Ten Hag ever thought he was going to get 10 to 15 goals from him in between now, I mean, between when they got him and the end of the season. I don't think that was ever a thing, but I think what he's doing and what he's bringing to the team overall, he's actually doing well for the team. I don't think he's, he's doing badly at all. And I think a lot of people will point to the chances that he's missed and he should be doing better. He should be doing better with those chances. But overall, I don't think Veghorst is, is, has been bad. I think, he's, I think he's vital to the way United play. I think the things that people are complaining that Ronaldo doesn't bring to the team, he brings to the team. So now that you've got that, and as well, you have Rashford scoring as he's scoring. I think he, I think it's it's a good thing. I think the fact that he persists with him, um, up struck, um, up up struck, um, up front in striker position, um, lets me know that he's happy with what he's seeing. So, yeah, overall, I think Vague Vague has done all right, man. So, um, yeah, that's it for me, man. So this is just a quick one today. We're back again tomorrow. We're going to do another one for you tomorrow. I'm going to do as many as possible for you guys, man. So, But please comment. Comment so I know I'm not just doing this in vain, man. And, and let me know what, you, what your thoughts are and what I was saying. And let me know what you want me to talk about. And if you guys put stuff in the comments, I'll make these every day because I know I've actually got subject as opposed to having to wait for football matches to happen. I just want to have... I actually want to record regular content every day for you guys and just talk about random things. So... Yeah, guys, let me know, man. But I think that's it from me. No, it's not. It's not. There is one thing I wanted to say here. Shall I say it now? You know what it is? It's what I've spoken about Van Dyke today. I've spoken about Rashford's form today. Um, I spoke about, and I speak about over the course of, you know, the, the years that I've been on this podcast. I think, I think we need to just, be easy and relax when it comes to, you know, comparing players who who have played well over a short amount of time. Because, for example, I spoke about... Okay, let me, let me start again. I spoke about Van Dyke today now. And I like Van Dyke, but I remember there was a time when Van Dyke was on form on top of his game and people were comparing him to Rio. And this ain't a disrespect to Van Dyke because for me, Van Dyke is still the best defender in the league. For me. And what he's showing is just on form. But Rio and players of that ilk were doing it over years. I'm talking about over a decade. These players were playing at the top level and were doing it very, very high in an era against different, different level of strikers. Do you get what I'm saying? So... All of this Van Dyke talk and he's better than Rio. Can we just put that to bed now? And, or at least let these players play for a few more years because Rio was different. And I'm using Rio because Rio is my, my favourite 
um, Premier League def- um, defender of all time, centre back anyway. Like, it was a disrespect because you can't compare players who have done it for two, three, four years with players that have done it over a decade at a high level. Now that we're seeing Van Dijk drop off a bit, people are all, all of a sudden saying he's finished. Fi-. Like, it looks like it was a joke comparing them to, to them, man. So, yeah, let's just, let's just not do that. But then again, I'm an old head. I get that people watch football, you know, in, in two, three-month increments, two, three-game increments at a time before making up their mind. So, um, yeah, that's it for me. So, guys, like, share, subscribe, all of that. Let me know what your thoughts are about this, and um, I'm out. <laughs>